0: Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drinks, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're
1: listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. What happens when the nest clears
2: out? Today we kick off our summer season with a series on new beginnings. It's Monday, May 8th. We've got our moms on the show. And this is Love Bites Radio. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you from Heritage Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I'm 35 and single, and you can find me as at WordsFoodArt.
3: And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am 34 in a relationship, and you can find me as at ben Rose NYC. Guess what, Jacqueline?
2: What Benjamin? Our
3: moms are on the show our moms today. Are on the show? <laughs> is it a coincidence I want to ask you that mm. this is the first show in maybe a season and a half or longer that we are drinking during? Does and that, is what does a that say about that our moms around that show?
2: I what does it say about our need for a little uh, alcoholic <laughs> lubrication? Are we nervous?
3: Maybe. Are we, maybe
2: I'm so no I'm I'm more excited. I've had like seven sips of wine and I'm Flying on a cloud.
3: Whoa, that's of, all it takes.
2: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. At this point, I don't remember the last time I've had I've had a sip of alcohol. It's been a long time, so I'm very excited because my mom is here. Yeah. Isn't she adorable? She Isn't is. She, you I'm, two are
3: adorable sitting next to each other. So
2: let's introduce our moms. So you go, you you, you go first. Okay. So my mother, Doris D'Ambrosio Repozo, the most amazing mother in the entire world, is in the studio. Say hi, mama. Hello. Hi, mama. I think you lie a lot. I don't. <gasps> She's accusing me of something to start off. She's just being
3: modest. I know
2: she is. I know. So thanks for joining the show, Mom. I think you've been thoroughly prepared, hopefully, for the, the gamut we're going to put you through.
4: Maybe. Right, we'll find I need more
2: wine, maybe. Okay. Well, here. You take a glug. Take a glug of your wine while, Ben, you fill my, us in on your mother's My mom, too, is going to
3: be on the show today, although she is not here in the studio with us live today, but... We did have a chance to speak with her. What's your mother's name? My mom is the ever-amazing Deborah Sue Klein.
2: And where is Deborah Sue Klein she, right now? She
3: uh, lives in Brookline, Massachusetts. Brookline. Just outside of Boston. And she uh, was kind enough to speak with us earlier in the week. And we have uh, recorded some of her answers. And I also have have it that maybe you had a secret conversation where they were behind did. my back. I
2: did. Our game today, listeners, in a few minutes is going to be uh, a multiple choice about Ben Benjamin's baby days. Oh God. Uh, that, why did I sign up for this? That Debbie and I have been emailing each other about. So stay tuned in about 10 minutes for that. And then after the break, uh, so, so the theme that we are kicking off is our new beginning series. And so we have asked our mothers to come in to discuss the idea of empty nesting and, what happens when your relationships change, when your children grow up into adulthood and you no longer live with in Ben's case, two in Ben's mother's case, two boys, in my mother's case, three girls and a boy. And you are a a single adult too. And both of our mothers' relationships that also coincided with divorce around the same time. And so we're gonna sort of touch upon that. As well, with singlehood and empty nesting at the same time. So why don't we kick off our roundtable with our first recorded track from your mother? I think that's a good place to sort of start, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, so we asked her about new beginnings in general, right? And right. what were...
2: Well, we asked her what what new beginning did she observe in someone else? And she said you, that she sort of took some fortification from, that she had a takeaway that sort of has inspired her. And so the clip that we're going to hear from what she sent was... I I adore it. So I listeners, I cut this down, and I'm I'm pulling it in because it talks about what she has learned from a new beginning uh, from someone that we love. So are we ready? What do you think, Ben?
5: I guess we can air it.
2: Okay, Vitor, play that track. I
5: think that Ben... He has always had a big heart and he has always been able to bear bad news about a show that he tried out for that he didn't get. And acting is such a precarious job that you have to be tough and thick skinned to survive it. But on the other hand, Ben is very gentle and loving and kind and he is a role model for me and i'm so glad he he turned out the way he is to be a caring giving loving man oh my heart my heart is exploding oh so i
1: yeah oh
5: so
2: i love that takeaway that that's what she's observed in your i think in this series we're gonna have a recurring theme of of many beginnings and big new beginnings um as we explore in this series but Ben, what's your reaction to that, or what's your new beginning that you've sort of... What's a takeaway well, that you've gotten from somebody well, else's new beginning? Well, they,
3: they sort of tie into each other, my reaction to that and the new beginning. The, the new beginning that I've witnessed someone else um, begin uh, that has been the most memorable to me was, um, in fact, my mom's new beginning when she and my father divorced and... I was incredibly inspired and moved by her perseverance and her strength, um, and so I find it both like odd and, of course, sweet and humbling that she feels the same way about me. Um, but it's also interesting because I was talking to my mom after we after we recorded this, and she additionally, in addition to what she said, had told me that she's now gone through a second divorce, and she told me that she didn't know if she would have been able to make it through that divorce had she, or that thinking about, you know, my perseverance and strength in life helped her through her second divorce, which was incredibly moving for me to hear, and yet also, like, totally mind-blowing, because, like, she's the one who I always think of as being sort of Iron willed and mm. sort of like stands back up after, you know, the hardest knockout imaginable. Um, and Perseverance
2: so. Perseverance and strength. I love it. Yeah,
3: I think it's, it's a beautiful thing that <sighs> through family we kind of inspire each other and it. learn from each other in ways that we don't even recognize that um. are occurring.
2: Well, Mama, speaking of my family, get yourself up to that mic. What is a, what's a new beginning that you've seen in someone else that has sort of inspired you and, and pulled you to a new place? I had a
4: very good friend who we raised our children together who went through a divorce when her oldest daughter, I think, was in high school. And I saw her go back to school, get a law degree. Oh, and wow. Get, and get on with her life. And, I mean, that inspired me when I went through my divorce, even prior to my divorce, to go back and get my degree. Wow. So, To further my degree in my profession oh. She really was an inspiration And helped me a lot
2: And and I never I never knew that That you had sort of seen that in somebody else Because that's seeing you go back And get your bachelor's degree And listeners, my mother, when she got her bachelor's degree I remember her like choosing classes that helped her Connect to her children too Like taking music history classes to connect with my older sister And taking art classes And I was very, that was during one of my lower points of sickness And I remember just finding inspiration by my mother, doing this very brave, beautiful thing to bring joy into her own life.
4: Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of women study that. That's yeah, me. a lot
2: of women Yeah, <laughs> It was the best thing I could have done. You and I were just <laughs> exchanging <laughs> books right now. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, great. Uh,
3: Jacqueline, uh, what about you? Was there a new beginning that stuck out for you in your life?
2: Well, it's funny, because I, I hadn't thought about this until my mom and I were running through these questions d- before the show, and I gave her an example that I was like, oh, I think that's my example. When I mentioned my sisters, that my sisters both... My my older sister got her and listeners they both were on the show with a sister sister show back in November. Um, my older sister got her undergraduate degree in Michigan, her graduate degree in London, and her doctorate degree in Vancouver. And my younger sister uh, lived in got her degree in in Georgia and now lives in North Carolina. And seeing them move and and start new lives but not lose touch with their old lives and not relationships haven't crumbled and they embrace new places and it's not the end of the world to leave home and i've always been a homebody i live 35 miles away from my parents and where i grew up and i love that i love living i'm lucky that i grew that i grew up so close to the city that i wanted to move to and i love new england and i don't want to leave the area but the idea of the idea that I could and that I might eventually leave New York City um, feels safer and more inspiring. Seeing, having seen my sisters, I'm still close to my sisters, and it's hard for them. It's definitely hard for them, as we discussed on that show. But seeing them embrace new places and build new lives as they retain other relationships and see them go through that work, um, I gave my mom that example, and then at the end, I was like, "Oh, I think that's my example, actually. <laughs> like, I think that's something that I'm going <laughs> to hold on to." So, Very yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ah, oh, inspiring people. Um, so now I get to bring in our game. So, listeners, now is the point. When we play a game, and because I produce the show, Benny has no choice, but I, he I, has to be the contestant. I, I feel
3: like the game <laughs> is always supposed to be like this really fun thing. Like, it's the,
2: yeah, the it's game. Fun for and every me. time
3: I'm like, ah, oh, we got to play the game. It is Because so I just fun feel like a big loser. It every is time. so
2: fun for me. I think, Ben,
4: you need to do a game where she's the contestant.
2: If Ben wants to produce the show, Ben can put me in the Nazi, but... So, listeners, for this game, because once again, I want to make sure that we got Ms. Debra Klein in on the show as much as humanly possible, because this is our Mother's Day episode, I sent her some questions that she answered regarding my darling friend and co-host, Benjamin Rosenblatt. She gave me those answers, which I then put into multiple choice answers. So, there are five of them. Mom, you are teaming up with Ben. You are the motherly influence on him. And I also warned her before the show that sometimes Ben thinks that I reverse psychology or try to trick him with the answers. What do you mean? I think that you do that.
3: You do do that.
2: <laughs> I did that's... that once, and now you've thought that I've done that ever since then. But we've got Vitor Manning. Our eh and bang or whatever. There we go. That's it. There we go. So five questions, multiple choice answers about Benjamin growing up. Here we go. Oh, what did his mom say?
3: I just, I'm worried about the questions.
2: Oh, they're so they're they're so innocent. They're very adorable. Things that I didn't know that I'm glad I do now. Number one, when Ben was a newborn, I couldn't get him to stop A. Peeing on strangers B. Projectile vomiting C. Crying if he wasn't held or D. Farting really loud A. Peeing on strangers B. Projectile vomiting C. Crying if he wasn't held or D. Farting really loud I
3: think I know this answer. What is it? But I kind of do want to hear what your mom might. Think
4: well, I mean, these are all common
2: baby things. I would say things.
3: crying,
4: crying if you weren't health, because that's I, very typical of I, babies. I
3: think I was a big cry baby, but I actually am going to go with B, projectile vomiting. Final answer. Final answer.
2: Correct. It was projectile vomiting. Ben's mom says he had he had pyloric stenosis and had surgery when he was a few weeks old to correct it.
3: Yeah, it was like a life threatening. Disease where this valve in the bottom of my stomach wouldn't work, so and it, so I couldn't hold down any food. So
2: that's what happened to you in college when you projectile vomited all the time.
3: <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh. Yes, it was a relapse of uh, eh. stenosis.
2: Oh, I feel so bad for all those t- all those many eh. times I teased you about the projectile
3: vomit. Seriously, I've definitely had nothing to do with all the whiskey.
2: <laughs> Number two, Ben's first word was a dog b no c mama d dada
3: Ooh, i don't know this one
2: a dog b no c mama d dada Mm -hmm. see these are just fun things to learn about then
4: obvious would be dada because that's one of the easiest vowels for but dog could have also i know i was
3: thinking i was actually thinking dada too so collectively we're going with dada final answer dada I-
2: Correct. Yes. She said, despite me saying mama the whole time. All right. Two for two. Number three, when Ben didn't want to go to sleep, I'd A, trick him into believing his brother was asleep and I was going to sleep. B, give him warm milk and tell him what super, that's what superheroes drank before bed. C, give him lukewarm water and tell him that's when Ninja Turtles drank to fall asleep. D, trick him into believing that if he went to sleep, he'd dream about superhero Ninja Turtles.
3: I definitely am saying A.
2: He's definitely saying A. That was the brother? Yes. That was
3: the brother. Ninja Turtles were. came out. I wasn't. when Ninja I was like Turtles a baby, were a little bit. They were later. Yeah, they, were, they were later yeah. on because those
4: were your brothers. Those were your brothers. Shh,
3: Mom. Yeah. Oh, I was were, to make I, was, I knew that. <laughs> uh, it's A because yeah. I worshipped my yeah. brother as a yeah, child. It, well, it is A. Okay. Correct.
2: She said we'd be real quiet for ten minutes and he'd fall asleep. Sorry, Ben. She would trick you. Mm. Oh, you were three see? You were you were so worried. Number four. I always wanted Ben to be anything but a blank when he grew up. A actor. B WWF wrestler. C politician. D male stripper. It's, I, well, she mom, probably. Mom's laugh. What were you gonna say? What
4: were you gonna say? Well, I don't know if any mother would want to <laughs> be, be an, a male stripper. Uh,
3: yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that she wanted me to be a male stripper. I
4: don't even know if I'd want them to be a WWF we should wrestler. Have your mom like calling <laughs> but, in? And but my
3: dream it. growing up, until I was probably 13 or 14 years old, was to be a WWF wrestler. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. that.
4: Correct. I would say that
2: too Correct Alright C-, oh, four- C Four you're for winning. four Last Killing one it. Your
3: mom's my lucky charm
2: I think about Ben Every time I A Eat a grape B Drink a Corona C Listen to Billy Joel D Put on the necklace he gave me
4: Ooh Tough I would see. I would do put on a necklace, but every time it depends. I mean, there's music that D- there is a kids. necklace. I. I mean, I remember the lullabies I gave sent her. To kids, but so. I
3: also, when I was a kid, used to call grapes weeps, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that that might be what it is. Uh, grapes
2: that is what it is Yes. eat a grape i think about ben calling them weeps
0: which i just thought was the cutest thing in the whole world <laughs>
2: and deb just to let you know i put in the whole thing about a necklace in case he didn't ever give you a necklace to make sure that he gave
3: you a necklace oh, at some point i've given but him, actually, heard, I've actually given saying, my mom jewelry a lot
2: ben you just got you guys got five for five on the mother's day show yes! can we get a round of applause for that yeah <laughs> All right. So, Benjamin, you just kicked ass in the Mother's Day And I got to give my
3: mom props, too, for giving answers that, you know, she knew I could maybe get right so thanks for the help mom I love you and
2: good job mom you were a very good coach there so before we take a commercial break um, so this is the first of our new beginning series next Monday we have author Amy DeLong who is going to talk about how she left a fundamentalist Christian what she calls cult upbringing and entering into a new life as a writer in New York City then on the 22nd we have writer editor and podcast host Julia Bainbridge discussing how she started over from moving from Brooklyn, New York to Atlanta, Georgia talking about how Relationships changed and how she found her new home there. And then on the 29th, we have Cynthia Cherish, aka DJ Cherish, the love, talking about how she went through two major accidents uh, an accident and then an aggressive breast, breast cancer treatment. Oof. I know it was insane That's an, it's an insane show um, and that's called From Health to Happiness because she was healthy before those but she was not happy until afterwards uh, so those are the next shows that we have in the series please come back for those uh, and of course all of our 70 plus shows are available for a listen at org on iTunes and Stitcher we appreciate you becoming a member of Heritage to support these nerdy gutsy shows of love and to know that every review on these platforms means the world to us too we are always available to you as at Love Bites Radio on social and via Email as at lovebites at heritageradionetwork.org After the break, we are drilling my mom And before uh, But until then <laughs> Everybody in the studio just looked really scared <laughs> But before that, just listen to some tunes in a commercial And we'll be right back
0: Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like general tso's chicken and egg rolls, but here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine and how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow: Making the Chinese-American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. But what better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org
3: Well, Jacqueline is drunk, <laughs> so I'm going to bring us back in uh, like after our break. You know you so all pathetic. have had like a couple drinks when you're like vibing out really hard to the advertisement music. The sad
2: thing is that I haven't had a couple drinks. I've had like a half a drink.
3: Well, that's enough. I it know. doesn't we're take much. Cheap break. date yeah, these no. days. Such a cheap um, So we're now back and we're ready to yeah. ask Jacqueline's mom some yeah. questions about her empty nest lifestyle. Um, And she just released a big sigh Of nervousness But I promise to go easy on you Um, First At what point In your children's lives Did you start realizing Coming to the realization that they were going to be soon Gone And what did that first Inkling of a realization Feel like
4: Uh, I think the first time was when my eldest went off to college And then Jacqueline was graduating from high school Continued it on and uh, Mixed feelings Part of it I'm sorry Jacqueline to say this Was relief that I'd have some time to myself (laughs) And other ones were Am I going to lose my kids But I wasn't quite sure that that was going to happen Because we have a good relationship
2: What made you fear that you might lose your kids Like losing kids is a big Statement to
4: make Because of everything else that was going on in my life With your dad and the I knew that the marriage was going to be coming to an end, mm. and not knowing what would happen afterwards.
3: And were, there, were you making any preparations to make sure that that wasn't going to happen, or did that change your behavior in any way as your kids were like getting ready to leave? Were you like, okay, how do I, what do I have to do here to preserve these relationships moving forward? I don't
4: know if I did anything different. I just was a mom. I just did what I did naturally. I just, I love them. I love my kids. I did things for them. And I uh, liked being there. I liked going to their shows when Jacqueline and you were in the shows in college, and my oldest recitals, and my other kids. You know.
2: And what were you when you said you were looking forward to time for yourself? What was that? Because I mean, four kids is a lot of kids. Four
4: kids is a lot of kids. No, there was times that you know a little bit of time to do a little bit do a little bit of gardening, maybe do a little bit more with your dad at that point. Before I knew that, you know, he was doing something with somebody else but um just spending more time with him maybe to to try to build up our relationship a little bit more i was looking forward to to that when you kids were out having more time with your dad but i think it was just having a little bit more time to do a few of the things that i like doing
3: okay so i mean not that
4: i didn't like doing things with so, you so, i loved what i did with you kids i so, learned a lot so
3: you're fantasizing about more free time yeah, you're worrying time book, you're, you're worrying coffee. about them <laughs> Being gone and never coming back, back home. And then finally one day They're all actually out of the house What was that moment like? Uh,
4: well the, I think when her youngest daughter Her youngest sister went off to college I was back in school as well That's when I decided to go back for my To finish my degree I had an associate's degree I always wanted to get my bachelor's degree So when her youngest sister went to college I went back for that and I was working, and I was, I was gardening, and I was doing trying to do more things with her dad to rebuild a relationship. So, more time. But the kids kept coming home. You know, they kept coming home. Was so that, that was a good, good. thing? Or, okay, okay. that was a good thing. Yeah, that was a good thing. That was a good thing. And what new things were
2: were like? What new things were getting your degree bringing into your life?
4: As I said before, uh, there were a lot of women's studies, so it was bringing me, I think, a little bit more confidence in myself.
2: What did that mean for you? How did that change
4: your actions and your words? It changed my actions because I... With my kids, yeah, the, yeah, like <laughs> with my kid. Well, with my kids, it helped because let's see, Jessica and Danny helped me with my algebra. You helped me with <laughs> <laughs> you all were helping, and, and Maggie, Maggie helped me with with algebra, and you kids all kind of helped me and encouraged me as far as um, my schooling. It wasn't you thought it was a great idea, mm-hmm. and if I needed help, yeah. you guys were a phone call or an email away. Now, when you Moved on your own.
2: That was the first time you lived by yourself in your entire life, which I think is something that we don't think about in our generation as often. I don't know about your parents, Ben, but both of my parents lived with their parents and then lived with their spouses when they got married, which is very common in both sides of my family. So when you, we were gone and you were separated and you lived alone for the first time, and I know, obviously, I know a lot of that was rough, but what were Mm -hmm. some of the, speaking of like the, the, new revelations of empty nesting. What were some of the things you remember sort of embracing that you loved about the choices that you could make in your new space and in your new life? The things that you could sort of foster that you couldn't when you were had four kids living with you?
4: Um, I, well, living alone, it wasn't even the the kids. I mean, I don't, that's that's tough, Jacqueline. I um I enjoyed That was first moments of quiet solitude. I needed them to rebuild myself. I think that's what it was, and it wasn't you kids. It was more because of your dad. I needed to build up my self-esteem and my self-confidence. I was able to rejoin a church choir that I had stopped singing in because my life got so busy, and I couldn't do everything. And the people that were in the choir had all gone through divorces and breakups, so they embraced me. And helped me through all of that. They gave Mm -hmm. me confidence back, so I was able to do that. I took up some ballroom dancing because I love dancing, and I did some traveling that I had always had gone wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. And I had you went to
2: Israel, and I went to Israel, and I went to Israel without a family member with you. And the Israel
4: trip was probably one of the best ones because it was more of a pilgrimage, and I really did a lot of soul searching there.
3: What about now? There's been some time since the divorce. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of time since the kids have been out. How do you fill your time now? And what are some of your like favorite activities as a empty nester these days? I work.
4: <laughs> I'm also very involved in my professional association. I've met a man who I actually went to high school with and did not know him in high school. And he's a music. He was a musician. Did you like
3: secretly have a crush on you in high school? No, we didn't like know that? each. Oh, no, okay. we
4: didn't even know each other. We did not even know each other in high school. Our our school was like five hundred. Our class was five hundred and fifty people. It was a big city school. And he loves music. He was a drummer in a band back in the seventies and eighties. And uh, we go dancing, and I love to dance. Yeah. It's at fun.
5: eleven
2: o'clock this Saturday, when I'm at her house and it's in not bed, she texts me like, "I'm not coming home. We're out dancing." And I'm the thirty-five year old in bed at her house, and she's out dancing. Yeah. I just wa- I want the, the audience to know how and cool it's not my ball and it's not so ballroom dancing. dancing. When you get in. I know. Like, and I was like, "Fine, don't go, don't come home, Mom. Just stay <laughs> out at your boyfriend's. I'm going to be at your house. I'll I'll feed the cat. I just want my the audience to know how. <laughs> don't cool drive my drunk. Is. If you need
3: me to come pick you up, I'll pick uh, you uh, up." <laughs>
2: Yeah. Use, use the safe word. You don't have to tell your friends. I'll come get you. I just want the audience to know how cool my mother
4: is. No, I dance. And it's rock and roll. It's not ballroom. It's I know. Just, it's, right. it's it's, yeah. it's dancing. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of really good bands. Mm-hmm.
3: So being that this is about the new beginning about with as it pertains to motherhood, mm-hmm. did you learn anything about your relationship with your kids or about something new about being a parent once you had a little bit more space from your children
4: yeah um i think my children and i have grown to the point that we look at each other as an adults i don't try to impose my ideas my beliefs on them i respect their beliefs but they also respect mine as well i mean all of them and i I like to see all my kids, and I think we've grown closer. I think I think a lot of them, even though they're far away, in in a lot of respects, we're at, we've grown as friends versus as an authoritative authoritative fan,
3: uh, figure. Sure, it's interesting because when I was talking to my mom about this, she was saying how one of the tricky parts um, as my brother and I were getting older was like having two other adults in the house, mm-hmm. and how like hard it was kind of to live with two other adults in the family as opposed to you know the people who she was an authority figure to um obviously like we were living in her home and she still had authority over us in some mm-hmm. regard you know but like she can't just tell you what to do anymore yeah i mean yeah. i could i was gonna come home when i wanted to come home and i was gonna right. go out when i wanted to go out and um she was saying how you know it actually was a little easier to have us in her life once we moved out because there was less friction yeah did you experience that yeah as well? I,
4: I agree because when the kids came home from college and they had their own lives and I had my own life at that point too it was difficult sometimes when I'm trying to make dinner and I don't know if they were going to be home or not and I or I expected them home to dinner and they didn't come but usually they were pretty good I would just say just let me know if you're going to be around or not and sometimes it was just the mess. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily Jacqueline, but her sisters. <laughs> was Jacqueline
3: and uh, now I'm gonna get some dirt. Was Jacqueline the good one, the bad one? They were one all good, the... Ben.
4: They were all good, Ben. She was just cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh,
2: they're all good. So with your adult relationship I mean, we were four very different kids in my oh, yeah. from where I sit, but like with the adult relationships, like what is um is there something that you sort of miss from the transition though because now you've got four different kids in different places like is there something honestly that you wish that we would do better that you miss the fact that you know you have a house and an independent life and you know we sort of flit in when (laughs) when we still need you when we still need you (laughs) and want you of course but you know that the roles are more fluid and they're not quite as you know as harshly defined like is there something you do miss that you want more of?
4: Maybe it's just, maybe sometimes it was just those Friday nights, the Friday TV nights. Remember Friday, Friday night Friday, dinners? Friday night dinners Absolutely. where we would just crash and just hang out and do, just watch all the TV shows and have tacos or popcorn or whatever else and just crash and, or sit around the table and just talk about our days. And maybe that's some of it. And mm. I do get it, but I don't get the phone calls you know it's it's hard I, I my mother complains about the same thing with me I never <laughs> hear from you <laughs> yeah so maybe that's it just just sometimes sometimes there's a long haul between phone calls and I've been told it works two ways mom so I've, I've been trying to call more often but I don't want to impose either because I know you guys have busy lives and I have busy lives sometimes you can't reach me
2: that's true. You are busier by far than I feel like I am
4: half the well, time. Part of it's my asso- the association, the, the, the right. work that I do.
3: But you know, I feel like this is a productive conversation right now because I feel like sometimes you don't know. It's so much easier for either of you to give a call or pick up the phone when the other person calls if mm-hmm. you know how much it means to the other person That's and true. you know mm-hmm. that the other person needs that. Yeah. Because I feel like so so often in our lives, in any relationship, but particularly often in parent-child relationship, you don't know what the other person needs or expects or wants or is wishing for. And it can be nice to be like, oh, I didn't know you needed that. I can easily do that.
2: What is um, Before we ask you our final, final question, what is the biggest sort of triumph you feel from this sort of what we're calling the empty nester life that maybe you didn't expect? Because I know that your your life now is not what you expected it to be when you had four kids growing up in the house. But what is sort of something that you look at in your life today and are very, you know, that makes you happy and that you're thankful for.
4: That's hard. I don't have one particular thing. I think the fact that I can, I don't know if this is good or not, but I got to the point where I am who I am. And if uh, you need, and I try very hard to be good for people, but I am who I am. I'm the person I am and I can't change. I found that. I'm not going to try to change to make somebody else happy. If you're not happy with me, it's because you're not happy with me, not because of me.
2: But I think that's great, though, because you're a pretty amazing person. So, like, I don't know what I would... If somebody isn't happy with you, I don't want to meet that person. I'd meet them up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I have one question. You are the fourth family member that, of Jacqueline's that we've had on this show. And each time we have had a family member on, I have tried with as hard as I possibly can to get any of them to just give me the little bit, tiniest bit of dirt on Jacqueline. And you are all so nice and diplomatic and unwilling to give me anything. And so I'm not going to ask for like anything really dirty, but I do want to know, is there anything from Jacqueline's childhood That not dirty or anything, but like might be a little bit. That's sweet, but that might be a little bit embarrassing.
2: Ben, you know more embarrassing shit about me than my family does.
4: Yeah, you probably do because you (laughs) knew her in college. Forget that. (laughs) Forget (laughs) growing up. No, she was. You know, all my. It's really hard because all my kids were pretty good kids. I mean, I. Patients and friends he asked me never about my got kids. Caught. I said, "That's exactly right. You didn't have caught, is right?" Um, yeah, I still wonder about those cigarettes that I found in Larissa's uh, in Larissa's bag that you told me were hers, and she told me
3: were yours. But other than that. <laughs> Who's were they, Jack? Wait, now there's nothing. They exchange. might have Who's been mine. They probably were. I have a feeling. sometimes in high but, school.
4: Yeah.
2: And college. I mean. And last week. I'm they kidding, couldn't I get it. You week.
4: know, I think because I was active with my kids, with the Girl Scouts and the soccer and being backstage with my kids during their school productions. uh, She kept a tight eye on us. I kept, I knew. I will, I will say
2: this is a parenting tip that like, we just didn't want to do anything too stupid because we knew it would crush our parents. Like I partied in high school, but it was always within reason because we knew that if we got like, I remember my father catching me for smoking a cigarette at three in the morning. The only bad thing I did after my senior prom and it was the way the disappointment in his
4: eyes that crushed me. Your father like, didn't want you drinking coffee.
2: I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He caught me at Dunkin' Donuts and it was like I had stabbed him in the back. It was just like the drama of my parents with the disappointment. Maybe we're just eating donuts. was enough. You know? It was enough. That like that, that was my parents' go-to. It was just mm. like, yeah.
4: I think, I think it's because we tried to trust our children and they knew that we trusted them and didn't want to break that trust because I also told them that if they ever lied to me, it would be hard to rebuild that trust. Yeah.
2: So now as adults, we tell them about all the times that we lied to them. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm finding well, it out. Well,
3: no, I know, I know from experience as well that yeah. disappointing my parents was always much more of fear of mine than angering them.
2: Of course, Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, the last thing I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to bring Debbie back in, is what has your empty nest life taught you about love? And this is a deliberately broad question.
4: Distance doesn't cut it. It's there. No matter if they're across the state, across the pond in England, in New York City, it's there. And they'll always be there. And um, when they come home, it's like it used to be, or even better.
2: And then, Ben, do you want to introduce your mother's track?
3: Yeah. Um, This is my mom talking about what it's like for her to be an empty nester and uh, what she feels like she's learned about it.
5: As an empty nester, and then being retired, it's been great in terms of I can do whatever I want. I can sleep late, I can stay up late, I can go places, I can do things, and nobody is there to keep me from doing that. Um, There's no other sacrifices except to be there for my kids when they need me. To enjoy life as a single adult has been new experiences for me and has also had some great moments doing it. I think being an empty nester is not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a good thing. I love that. I agree.
3: Totally unapologetic about right. like I do what I want.
2: I do what I want. Yeah. This is self-love.
4: This yeah. is my time. That's right. I love it, right? That's right. I agree. I love that sucking cup of coffee in the quiet in the morning. Before <laughs> I go to work. My it's mom quiet. drinks
3: like the most intense coffee drink you can it's like a there's like seven shots of espresso in my mom's like morning Starbucks that she is
2: she's badass
3: addicted to so um,
2: (laughs) before we close out then why don't we each share what our mothers have taught us about love great why don't you go
3: okay um my mom has taught me the power of seeing the best in others it's funny because the first thing my mom said in that first clip we played was that she said Ben has a really Ben has always had a really big heart And it's amazing that, again, I'm going to say the same thing about my mom, which is that I think the thing I've taken the most from her is I think she has the biggest heart of anyone I have ever encountered, um, which I think can sometimes get my mom into trouble. But she is so unassuming and thinks the best about others and is so generous and also just... like. All, like, never would imagine that someone else has a bad intention. Um, and I think that's like a beautiful approach to life. And that, yeah, maybe that sometimes can lead to disappointment. But to be able to continue to find that and to continue to bring that to our interactions with other people, um, I think is a gift. And I thank my mom for inspiring me to do that, even though I'm not as successful at it as she is. Yay. How about you?
2: My mom has taught me about generous love with, I mean, wholehearted giving love with no expectations. And that when you love someone and you give to them... You love and give to them because you love them and you don't expect anything back. There have been so many experiences locked in my mind and in my heart where she has said, I'm going to give this to you or I want to do this for you or not even to me, but loved ones in my life. Like she has done done things for people in my life that she doesn't even know that well or that she knows well that she gives them something big and says, don't tell anybody else I've done this. Um, Because she doesn't need the notoriety or she doesn't need it to be a thing. She just wants to give it to help the person. She, this winter when I was very sick, stocked my soup, my freezer with soup. She came and got my dog and watched my dog. She drove me in and out of the city. And she does that without making me feel like a schmuck for it. She 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 gives so generously of herself to a fault. And she does it not to get anything back. She does it because she loves people, and I see her do that with everybody in her life, that she is just there. If she loves you, she is there. And I remember from my childhood when I first got sick, she was driving to North Carolina to tend to her sister, who was dying of breast cancer, and she was tending to her girlfriends, who were going through cancer treatment, and watching their kids, and stocking their freezers. And I'm getting choked up thinking about it, just how many people she has supported, never asking for anything in return because when she loves, that's what she does and that's what my mother has taught me is how to love because you love and that's a very rare thing and if I've inherited a fingernails worth of that I will be grateful
3: Bravo, and and I want to just add quickly before we, it's time to wrap up how lucky you and I are, Jacqueline to both have inspiring, loving caring present moms Mm -hmm. it's really a gift and we are both luckier than i think we realize on a day-to-day basis
2: oh completely i i'm very very aware that i would not be where and who i am without the
4: woman sitting in this room with me i love you mom it's generational. I love you, Mom. It's generational. It's from my mom and my grandmother. Yeah. I remember the same things about my parents. Yeah. Happy
3: Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Call your moms. Call your moms and Mom, I thank you for being on the show even though you are not here in person and thank I Thank you so much. Dad. look forward to spending Mother's Day with you this coming weekend.
2: Yeah, Mom, I look forward to coming home and spending it with you too. Mm. And Nana. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming all the way to Brooklyn. She took the subway by herself. Everyone, she came oh, come to Grand on, Central. It's not that big deal. Well, I'm impressed. I'm <laughs> it's impressed. Not that big a deal. Well, you were bad. My, my mom is going to be
3: impressed from See? from Boston. So. Yeah,
4: but Boston has their metro. They they got their tubes or whatever
3: and they call it. She hates being there. on it. Oh. See, <laughs> see, I do. Mom, accept your she does badassery.
2: It well. I go. To, I go. Accept your. Time I know that's because you were a badass. Accept your badassery. Thanks for coming, Mama. I love thank you, you. <laughs> listeners. We will be back next week with Amy DeLong. So come back and join us then. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Call your mom. Hug your mom. As always, thank you to our engineer Vitor. Our theme song is "Give Love" by Josh Dion. We are Jacqueline Raposo and Ben Rosenblatt, and Love Bites. We be back next week right here at heritageradionetwork.org org. I save the world?
3: save
4: the world?
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.